what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Atlanta didn't disappoint. It was a very wide but slick groove and that put it all in the hands of the riders. Huge crash in the second AFT semi. Eight riders in total went down. Glad to see everyone was okay. Looks like X Games started sending out their invites. Sammy Halbert and Johnny Lewis got theirs. And I myself will be returning for my fourth year as a color commentator on ESPN. There'll be a brand new track in Minneapolis this year with more details to come later. Shout out to everyone who's reached out to us and stopped me in person at the races to say thanks for Off the Groove. Whether it's a like on Facebook or a text, I appreciate all the feedback. This week's guest had a strong showing in Atlanta. He ran second most of the main event before eventually finishing fourth. His best finish in his AFT Twins career. We caught up with Jared a couple days before the race. Scotty Dubler. The one and only. Hello? Are you there? Is you know what? I, I picked up my phone and, and asked Siri for Captain Chaos's phone number and it dialed this number. So who who the hell is this? I think you got the right number. This is him himself, Captain Chaos. This is otherwise Jared known. Vandercoy. Yeah, I was gonna say otherwise known as number twenty, Jared Vandercoy. So before we get going with this, where where did Captain Chaos come from? I heard it's from the Factory Harley team. Yeah, it kind of came about with them. At our, our first meeting together, you know, our te- new team manager, Chad, he was like, man, you're chaotic. And right from there on, he was like, Captain Chaos, which, you know, I don't think I'm too chaos, but, you know, living down in Florida this winter with Brandon Robinson, he's like, yep, that's you. So um, I got, got some T-shirts and stuff made up, and we'll see if it sticks. <laughs> I got one of those shirts down in Florida, too. I, I will say uh, thanks a lot. You know, I, I like supporting the, the riders, so I, I bought one from you, and I appreciate it. So uh, let, let's get to know Jared Vandekoy a little bit uh, before we dive too deep. I, I just want to tell everybody that you're the new factory Harley-Davidson pilot running number 20, but also you're the GNC2 champion back in 2014 and the 2015 Rookie of the Year. So uh, you, got some, uh, you got some background behind you, but let's go even further. Let's go way back. So how did uh, how'd you get into riding motorcycles? Um, I kind of grew into it, honestly. You know, ever since I was born, uh, my dad, all of his uncles, um, his dad and just everyone in my family has raced and it's kind of it's kind of just grew me into it you know ever since I was a little kid in the crib um, my mom was pushing me around on races with my dad and uh, you know I was three years old he got me a bike got me on it you know uh, and uh, ever since then there's no looking back so you could possibly say I had no choice but I'm uh, I'm glad I took the route I did. That's pretty cool so who, who all who all races in your family I know Curtis your cousin still kind of races and then there's more, right? Your dad raced, and then your uncle raced, and your and there's there's a few more members, right? Can you name them all? <laughs> if, do we have time? Uh, <laughs> there is definitely a few. Um, you know, a lot of them don't race anymore um, as they're getting into their older stage, I would say, and um, have jobs and all that. But uh, yeah, my dad raced. All three of his brothers have raced. Um, Actually, one of them still does race. He's 58 years old. I have so many cousins that still race kind of locally at some races. And uh, my cousin, Kurt, uh, as you said, he's raced Pro Series in the last few years. And, um, you know, it's my turn. And 
I got my brother a 250 for Christmas, and uh, he's starting it up. And you'll see him at more of the Steve Nace All-Stars this season as uh, my dad will be traveling around with him. So does he sign up as Kill Switch Vandekoy? That's what you're going to have to call him, even if he doesn't. I guess I didn't even know that. All I knew was Kill Switch, and that's a funny story. But uh, <laughs> you, you want to tell us about how that story came about before we get into talking about you a little bit further? Yeah, um, at the Springfield Mile in 2014, it was my GNC2 twin season. It was the very first one. You know, we went out there, a brand-new bike we just built, and um, I won it. And Dad brought him out for the victory lap, and Dad went to go put him on a tank, and, you know, somehow the bike got shut off. It's kind of a mystery. He says he didn't do it, and uh, but um, I think he did. <laughs> so that's but, why yeah, I got the nickname. Victory lap that yeah. day. Yeah, yep. kill switch, kill switch. Uh, that's gonna be his nickname the rest of his life, I think. So uh, yeah, tell us I about think your... that's pretty stuck. <laughs> yeah, tell us about your first win racing motorcycles. I mean, I kind of remember a little bit. You know, I I kind of started racing on a a 50 then i kind of like took a break so i don't think i was very good at that at first honestly like i kind of raced a little bit in galleon ohio here at a local track and harpster and then uh even on the 80s i don't think i ever really won very much um i was pretty slow honestly i got my butt whooped at these ohio half miles and then i jumped on the 250 and i started winning a few of them i don't remember where it was or nothing but um the one that really sticks out to me is of course my first pro win at springfield mile so I can't. I couldn't tell you uh, about my amateur career too much, honestly. Yeah, there you go. How how old were you when you started your first race? My first race, I was six years old. I rode a fifty, um, and I took a few years off, and I started back up when I was ten. So, how old were you when you started turning pro? You you waited. You, I mean, you have to be sixteen. So it was, it was shortly after your sixteenth birthday, right? I remember. Yeah, um, after my sixteenth birthday is of course a week after Daytona, so I didn't get to start the full season with them. But um, the first race when I showed up at Springfield in uh, May was my, my first go at it. Then uh, ever since then, I haven't missed a race since then. So you're talking May of 2014, and, and your first race, you won that race. Is that right? Yeah, correct. I know Shocker, I right? I guess I didn't even realize that. I mean, that was a, a really good year for you. But it was at the Springfield Mile, and then you won later again at the Springfield Mile again, all on a twin. And then in the AFT singles, you won Elma, Washington, and the Indy Mile. So 2014 had to be your favorite year, I think. Yeah, no doubt. Um, that was definitely, you know, a year that we were on top most of the time or near the top. So it was always a pretty successful year. Um, we bounced back and forth between bikes, me and my dad traveling the country. And we'd break this one and bar and steal for the next bike. and. Um, the funny story now that, uh, at Indy mile in 2014, um, we were on our way back from Elma, Washington, which I won and I was only down to one bike for that race. So Brad Baker at the time was national champion and he bar, he let me lend uh 450 off of him for a backup case. I needed to do it. He, he rolled it over my pits was a big number one on it. And so that was super cool. Then of course, going to Indy, I was still down to one bike. And I felt like I was a little down horsepower, so I was like, man, I need to get a hold of something. So Woody Kyle, uh, he got a bike for me um, from Floyd Tap out of Owensboro, Kentucky. And ever since then, you know, it was, it was the first time I rode that bike, and I still have it in my garage to this day. Um, Floyd, he's been a supporter of mine ever since then. He's jumped on board, and uh, we haven't looked back for sure. Do you still ride that motorcycle, uh, cool. or is it in the garage like a trophy piece? 
No, that she's still the workhorse. We uh we run her all the time. She she's in the process of getting rebuilt right now. So when I won my first heat race as a GNC one rider in Daytona, I was actually on that bike. Okay. On the Daytona short track. That's cool. Do you remember the reaction you got from other people when you when you won your first pro race? I mean, did the other riders know as your pro you know your first pro race and your first pro win, or do you remember just your family? Or tell us about that day. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of cool as far as the family aspect. Um, I was kind of new to the scenes and stuff, and not really many riders. I'd say didn't know what to expect out of me or, or what I was kind of shy and you don't, didn't talk to very many people. Um, but that day, uh, it was, it was just cool. Um, just having all the fans come down, like, like, who is this kid? Honestly, like, uh, and me and my dad were almost shocking ourselves. You know, we've built this bike in our garage with Ben Evans and, and all of a sudden, you know, we're out there on the Springfield mile and we want it. And it was, uh, it was a dream come true day for sure. It sure sounds like it. So let's talk about 2015 just for a little bit before we get into last year. You won the Rookie of the Year. Was there anything memorable that sticks out to you? Yeah, probably uh, Charlotte Half Mile. Um, we got fifth in the main event. We were running right up there, and we had a chance for the podium, honestly, not too far ahead of us. Um, that was our breakout race, you could say. And also a good one is the very first race of the season, what I touched on earlier, I won my first heat race. And uh, in Sacramento, I fast qualified in 2015. So those were kind of the highlights. And up to 2015 plus getting the Saddleman Seats Rookie of the Year, which is a huge honor as well. Your name will be always in the record book as a Rookie of the Year. And, you know, Tom Seymour, Saddleman Seat, sponsored that for quite a few years. And it's always nice to have that uh, that check going in your bank account, too, at the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. Uh the check is definitely nice also as as of the prestige of having the award and it definitely helped me through the winter you know uh pay the bills on the racing and uh get get ready for daytona the next year so let's just jump ahead just a little bit to 2017 you got to ride for richie morris racing a, a pretty established team now but that you know they were kind of newer when you jumped on board uh what were your expectations leading into the season you know, the expectations are just about as, as well as any of them. You know, we, you go there and you, you want to win the race. And, uh, you know, we, you go into the season thinking you're the dominating guy because testing always feels real good. And, you don't, you know, the bike feels good until you put it up against another bike. And, but, um, we did quite a bit of testing with the Richie Morris racing team and, you know, it, it went well. Um, we, we had certain struggles for sure, but, uh, they, we went to Daytona with our heads held high, and it showed we were running um, a second place and ended up breaking with a few laps to go. But that was a huge bummer. But the season just kind of went on. You know, we were, I tried fighting through the adversity of some races here and there, and uh, they gave me their best, and I gave them their, my best, and it just didn't work out in our favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start off man on fire i really thought you were tracking down jared meese i, I would i wish that your bike hadn't broke because i would have liked to have seen you you catch jared and see if you had anything for him but you know uh it was actually a simple like a, a, a wire that broke right yeah just you know the, the on off switch of the motorcycle um just i think just vibrations and stuff like that it, it just this ended up breaking off um 
you know, it's it's one thing to catch someone, another to pass them, as you know, of racing many years, but uh, there's still a two-second gap, and I was just honored to be in the position. I think I would have took the victory lap with him, just riding behind him. I was so excited to be second. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it was definitely a bummer because I've never been in that situation. It would have been our first podium, and who knows, that could have kicked off the whole year in a uh, positive way. But uh, we also knew going into the next round, we're the guy, you know, to, to beat. Um, we're the one chasing down the leader. But, but all in all, you know, it's it's awesome to think back at that time. But it's also, uh, I'd say, a kick in the rear end also. So you left there last year, and, and you got a fifth place at Atlanta, and you, you backed it up a few weeks later with, with a fifth place at Arizona, I believe. So you had a, a pretty good start to the season last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, we started off real well. And uh, I think that right when um, the team was, we were really gelling, everything was working great. And uh, there's just some little stuff behind the scenes that was going on. And everyone was just kind of, you know, getting through the year, getting through the year. And, and uh, we're, everyone was happy at first. And, you know, it, uh, you know, sometimes the relationships fall apart a little bit and people start going their separate ways and, you know, it kind of showed in, the, in our results, which was a huge bummer. Um, you know, I, I really thank them for our opportunity for that they gave me, and it uh, it, it was just tough to, to finish out the year the way everything was going. But I don't know how to elaborate even more on it. It's kind of kind of hard. Right. So at the end of the year, you actually got to you know an opportunity to fill in for Brad Baker at Paris on the Indian. Um, what was it like getting that phone call and how'd you enjoy that whole experience? It was a, it was pretty wild, honestly. Um, you know, I, I hung out with Brian a few weeks before at a, at a housewarming party for his sister. And um, we were just kind of talking, hanging out. I've never talked to the guy before and we we're just kind of sitting there talking and all of a sudden, you know, two weeks later, I'm going to be his teammate. A week before um, the race, I got the phone call from Richie, and he was like, hey, uh, I just got off the phone with Ricky Howerton. Do you think you'd want to do this? I was like, is that is that a question? Or, you know, um, it, was, it was a huge it was a huge honor, honestly, like um, to fill in for Brad Baker. They chose me out of all the talent in the pit area. Um, so it was, it was really cool. Um, it was a week before. He's like, can't then I got a hold of Ricky Howard and he's like, can you get number plates? I'm like, that's the least of our worries right now. <laughs> you know, I can, I'll make some up out of duct tape if we need to. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was a huge honor. And unfortunately, you know, it didn't go the way I wanted it to. We had a, a mechanical, um, which I didn't have too many last year. It was actually a really good year for that team. And, uh, but it was just one of those days, you know, I was, I went into it with a, you know, a smile on my face and looking to have some fun. Didn't qualify the best we wanted to. It was a unique bike and a little bit different to get used to for jumping on for the first time. And, you know, then uh, we had DNF and then uh, going in the third row in the semis. Uh, it's a, a big task, you know, to pass those guys on a little one-line groove. So, but it was a huge honor, you know. I got to – I wish I had leathers to hang up in my room. You know, I have a pit shirt and – I got that and a Harley one right next to it, and it's it's really it's really cool. That is pretty cool. You you've rode for the two most historic factories. Uh, you know, I mean, only one ride on each bike so far, but you know, at a young age, that's a that's a pretty cool accomplishment. That's a good feather in your cap to have. 
Yeah, no doubt. Um, it's definitely we're riding both bikes for both teams within six months at, uh, at the time, you know, 19 years old, I just turned 20. So, um, it's definitely, um, a building for my confidence too. You know, that those teams, those caliper teams are looking at me, um, is a huge confidence booster. And that that's what keeps you going during the week for sure. When you're having a rough time. So right on, we, we've talked to a couple of different people that have thrown the leg over in Indiana road for the very first time. What was your impressions of the bike, you know, the first time out there in Paris? Uh, it's, it's a special built flat track bike. That's, that was my um, impression of it. It was just, uh, you could just tell it was meant to go left. And um, that, that was really cool just to feel the difference of the motors than chassis that I've rode over the years. It was, it was just so hard for me to wrap my head around it, you know, the factory ride and all the prestige and all that, and jumping on the bike and going out for that first practice, you know, your heart's racing a million mile an hour and your head's spinning and you just kind of had to clear your mind a little bit and, you know, feel out the bike. And I kind of felt like I took it a little bit too easy, um, you know, not wanting to make a mistake, which I should have just re- rode free and had fun with it, but my uh, my first impression is definitely that it was built to go left, and it always it always happens so fast too. Like you had, like you said, a million things going through your head, and you get four laps of practice, then eight laps to of qualifying practice, and then you're right into the program. So you didn't get a whole lot of time to feel it out. But uh, I wish you wouldn't add mechanical issues because it would have been fun to see what you could have done at the end of the day. So let's move on to the off season and and uh, walk us through how it went down. Like when did you find out that? Uh, you want to be returning back to Richie Morris racing. Do you, do you remember how all that went down? Yeah. You know, I kind of had a good feeling that as far as they did at the end of the season, um, before I even took the Indian ride at the end. And, uh, it was just kind of, you know, it, it was a mutual agreement of, you know, we're not coming back. Um, we're splitting ways, but no, no hard feelings. Um, it was kind of around the, Pennsylvania time we kind of had a meeting he's like you know this ain't working for us this ain't working for you um kind of not happy then uh then I was kind of like so lost I'm like man like what am I going to do uh you know I I started making phone calls to dad and some of my sponsors like hey we need to get some money um on board for us for next year I'm going to go race my own race team and we kind of went into Paris and I heard Harley was kind of interested in me at talking to a few people and um i kind of stopped by their pit area a few times and kind of was looking around and you know checking out the scenery and all the everything that's going on behind the scenes and started getting thoughts of what i wanted to do and you know then once terry vance uh, got a hold of me you know it was i was ecstatic honestly it was it's a dream come true to ride for the factory team and uh it, it was uh one of those deals he's like well here's the deal um, take it or leave it. And I was like, deal, you know, let's get something going with sign today. Um, so that was a little bit after the Paris, but, uh, probably like two weeks after. So this winter I've been kind of laying loose, you know, no pressure, uh, just kind of doing my own thing. It's been a good off season. Honestly, it was, um, it feels long, but then, you know, the hundred days countdown Daytona started up and before you knew it, it was here. You spent the winter down in Florida and did a lot of training uh, at Robbie Bobby's track, and there's a, a track down there beside beside where he rides and, and tests at and stuff like that. Uh, you think that that helped you out a lot? I mean, you got to ride with Brandon Robinson, who's now your teammate. I saw Corey Texter is down there. I've seen a lot of other fast guys down there. 
do you think that's going to help you out a lot for this year? Yeah, no doubt. Um, it definitely helped, you know, going into the season because we don't get to ride too much here in the Northeast um, during the winter unless it's on ice. And I mean, it kind of plays part in going over to Daytona and you're on the bike. That's the, that's the biggest part. But, you know, to be on dirt all winter long and um, just riding, you know, we were, we were on the short track or TT four days a week and turn track and bicycles down there in Florida. So it was, it was good. You know, Brandon, he's been a great mentor towards me. Um, being, you know, at his old age of 27, uh, <laughs> I got to, you know, get, get to, get to down low on everything that he's been doing over the years and kind of picking up on a few things. And, you know, he'd get after me, I'd get after him a little bit, but we pushed each other all winter and, uh, you know, on the, on the track, definitely. We, uh, we, go, we went head to head quite a bit and it was good to have that little bit, you know, one day he'd be that, that much faster than me. And, I'd push that a little bit more and then I'd be a little faster than him and he'd want to push on the TT a little bit more. And so it was good. And it definitely helped out going to Daytona, you know, being on the bike and, um, you know, I think it's going to help the whole season and thanks to Raleigh Bobby and D and D cycles for sure. That's a, it was a huge part. So you got the, got the call signed on with the factor Harley team. What was the next step in the process? Did you go up to Indianapolis and and see the see where everything's taken care of now at the Vance and Hines shop, or did you meet some you know meet somewhere and start practicing, or what's gone on since you signed the the contract? You know, not much, honestly. Um, I got we just kind of signed the contract and over the mail. Like I never met the guys and never did nothing. Uh, talked over the phone a select few of times, and uh, and then they gave me a date and when to go to test and you know i was there so and that's when i met all the guys and i i have not been to the shop in indy they they really want me to go check it out and i really do too you know just to see the behind the scenes of what's going on and um that aspect but uh you know we've we've got on the bikes a few times not not as much as we'd like um we're still in the development stage um of getting stuff going and definitely the three rider team you figure a thing out and you have to change it on nine bikes instead of just two for a team so um so it's taking a little bit longer than what we were wanting but uh we're in, we're definitely in the right direction and it, it feels good to be on the bike for sure so did the uh, vance and heinz team kind of tell you who your mechanic school was going to be or did you have a say so in that and how did all that come together we kind of had a mechanic kind of set and there, then there's got some stuff rearranged, but I ended up, um, mechanicing with, um, Mike Hassock and, you know, I, I couldn't be happier. Um, he's been real good to me in Daytona so far and we, we talk real good. And, uh, you know, the head guy of the team, um, as far as look over mechanic is Brent Armbruster and everyone's been getting along. All right. So, uh, you know, of course, we haven't worked with each other too much, and we're still learning each other. Um, as of someone that's been like Jared Mees working with Kenny Tolbert for years now, um, they know each other right off the bat. So we're still kind of learning each other, but everyone's getting along good, and uh, it's it's going to be a fun year. So has has there been communication between you and your mechanic since Daytona? I mean, do you guys text each other, or is it a phone call away, or, or do you guys just wait and, and go over things at the racetrack? You know, uh, once times get closer to what um, what's going to happen with our testing, I'll be in contact with them. But since Daytona, you know, I filled out a debrief form and we I've wrote everything on pen and paper, so everything's down and um, 
they know what I want and they're going to work on it in the shop. So just so I don't ramble off stuff over the phone and, you know, that gets lost or whatever, they don't, something slips their mind. So everything's, everything's down in the email and what needs to be worked on, what I felt. And, um, so it's, we're going to be in communication here soon, right before, um, Atlanta, I'm sure. Did you guys get to do any testing before Daytona? Um, we got on the bikes on the TT. Probably, I think it was two days before the race. Um, we got on them, so we we got a little bit of time on them, not too much. We just kind of shook them down, and um, we felt really good at the test, and we didn't think we needed to stay another day, so uh, we went racing. How cool was it to strap on the uh, factory Harley Davidson leathers and throw your leg over that uh, factory Harley Davidson? Yeah, it was super cool, but also nerve wracking at the same time. And I'd be sitting in a chair in the pit area and Brent would look at me with, I don't even know that face that Brent has. He just like, quit worrying. You know, he'd just yell over at me and it'd kind of make me laugh a little bit. And, uh, he's like, you're stressing out about it. What are you doing? I'm like, all right. So I just kind of like stayed loose a little bit. And, uh, but it was definitely cool to strap onto the orange and black leathers and, you know, know you're that guy that I've been looking up to since I was little. That, that's awesome. That's one feeling I'll never have for sure. So uh, what was your first impression of being on that XG750? You know, I like it. I uh, I feel really comfortable on it. Um, you know, we're still working out little things to make every real little thing make me feel comfortable. So um, every time we're on the track, we're learning something. But I, I just feel really good on the bike, and it runs strong. And um we're just, uh, you know, changing stuff as it goes for the track. Most likely, you know, uh, we kind of have our little thing set up and we're, uh, we're feeling good. You mentioned your relationship with Brandon Robinson. You spent the winter with him, but you also have another teammate, Sammy Halbert. Have you got to mix it up and talk with him a little bit? And, and can you bounce things off of him, you think? Or do you think he'll be a helpful tool uh, for the 2018 season? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we're all going to be really good help for all of us. And, uh, and you know, even at Daytona, I'd bounce stuff off Sammy and Sammy would kind of think about it and be like, I could just tell the wheels were turning into his head like, oh, I, I should try that. You know, so, um, but definitely, you know, when he, he figured something out, he, he would come towards me and Brandon and we'd all sit in there after qualifying and we'd talk to what we felt and, uh, but not, not too much communication between me and Sammy so far. We're just still kind of learning each other. Um, I mean, I've I lived with Brandon for two and a half months, so he knows me like the inside of a book, and I know him. So, uh, you know, I think this year is going to be great as far as that, having two teammates, and they're on the same bikes as I am and on the same track. So it's going to be a big communication factor for us to go forward. Let's talk about Daytona a little bit. You had to have some confidence coming into the – into this year even though you're on the, the factory harley you know completely different ride but the track was bigger better and faster like they advertised but you didn't get the, the results you're looking for you did make the main event uh you, you finished sixth in the semifinal. before we get into your day i just want to know did you see when steve bonzi's wheel went flying down the racetrack and you know was passing everybody and went across oh. the track did you see any of that stuff that was the craziest thing i've ever witnessed honestly like I was I wasn't too close to him, but I, I was the guy right behind him. There wasn't no one in front of, in front of me, so I was probably like ten, fifteen bikes behind him. And all of a sudden, he opens his face to jump, 
all I seen was like dust come up. I was like, oh crap. And I kind of like swerved right and hit the jump. And I see, I look over at him in midair and there's no rear end on his motorcycle. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. And I was like, oh damn. And, and then like I went through the right hander and I slowed down. I was like, you know, you know, he went down, you know, there was no way. All I seen was him up the air, no rear wheel and the rear wheel and swing arm flying. I was like, there's no way he's saving that. But Somehow Stevie uh, wrote it out, thank God, but uh, it was wild. And uh, then I went down the front straightaway, and I was like, are you kidding me? There's no red flag. He must have saved that thing. Then all of a sudden, here comes a wheel trying to roll back down the front straightaway um, off the banking, and it was wild. I'll tell you what. I don't know if everyone's seen it behind me, but it uh, it was the most interesting thing I've seen in my racing day so far. Well, the cool part was he stuck the landing, and you missed you missed it while you're in the air. You know, missed the, all, everything, and then you come back around, and then you see it again. And I'm glad that the wheel hit the tough block and it put it down, or it would have went right across the racetrack, and it could have got in front of somebody else. So, it you know everything just happened for a reason, and everybody safely uh, got through that mess. But uh, other than that, let's walk through Daytona 2018. You know, like I said, a 16th place finish, not what you're looking for. So, tell us about your day down there. Um, you know, going into the day, um, I was just trying not to think about, you know, all the, all the pressure of being the factory rider and stuff to trying to have fun with it. Um, we went out and practice and the bike felt good right off the bat. Um, we were just kind of, I put in my laps and, you know, it was, it was a new track, um, as of everyone else's. So there's no excuses in our times being a little slow and qualifying, but, you know, I think I, I, I mean, I made the front row for the heat race. We felt pretty good. I think we qualified 15th overall. But it was just me most likely getting used to the track and not hit my marks, you know, uh, down that big, long front straightaway, you know, either going too hard or too slow. And you'd always think you go in that little bit harder and um, just getting used to the jump and, you know, just and getting used to the bike at the same time. You know, we haven't had too much time on it, um, but been going into qualifying, you know, the same thing, you know, we, we made a little bit of changes to make them feel that a little bit more comfortable. And, you know, I started getting my groove down and hit my mark and, then going into the heat race, you know, um, we had a good start. We were running right up there with them. And, uh, you know, I, I knew going into the semifinals, we uh, we had a good chance. You know, I wanted to be on the front row for the main event. And, you know, I just didn't quite get the start to get up there in the mix. But I was right there, like you said, sixth place in my semi. And uh, the main event, you know, um, we, I just wanted to go put consistent laps in, you know, use my head. It's a long season for sure, 18 rounds. And, uh, you know, you can, you can, you can definitely win at Daytona, but you can also lose it real fast too, by, you know, end up on the ground or something like that. So, um, I just wanted to be smooth and consistent and put in good laps and be happy with how I rode. And, you know, I was, I was at that point where it was, it was feeling good. It was, everything was going all right. You know, I was running around like the eighth spot or so. And a few people got around me, I think like Fisher and cool Beth. And, uh, I ended up, um, having a mechanical failure that put me out of the race, which, you know, bummer. It would have been nice to leave there in the top 10 points for sure. And, uh, you know, just get a full 25 under my belt, but I was just a few laps short. Um, unfortunately, just, just like in 2017, uh, it was on lap 22 going to the face of the jump. I broke. And this year in 2018, it was on lap 22 going to the face of the jump. I broke. So it was kind of deja vu. And when I went back and seen the score sheets of that, it was, (laughs) I just had to like smile and laugh, like not this again, but so that was kind of ironic. 
That is crazy. So uh, what's your expectations for Woodstock, you know, our next rounds, you know, just outside of Atlanta and then and, and for the rest of the season? Going into Woodstock, you know, I'm feeling good. So the expectations are high. Um, I go into every round to win it. And we, you could say damage control if you're having a bad day. But, uh, I mean, some days you have it and some days you don't. So I just want to go in there and put in really consistent laps and uh, come out with a win for sure. It would be a dream come true for sure to get my first one. So I felt really good there last year. And I just didn't put all 25 together and was just a little bit off. So this year um i just want to go put a pretty much put a statement down that i'm here to you know to race and it's going to be a long season so um i just want the guys to take notice and look out for captain chaos right yeah for sure you, i better not be second row inside in the main event there could be some chaos <laughs> going on calling the shots right here on off the groove it's jared vandekoy so uh <laughs> let's go with uh, a rapid fire time this is how i like to wrap up the show here uh my first one is who's your toughest competition for 2018 i'd say anyone in front of me um that weekend i like that answer i haven't uh, heard that one yet yeah what's your favorite racetrack sacramento mile why is that? I just always liked it. Um, my first year, you know, I fast qualified it, and I've led laps and heat races there. Then my second year, I second fastest, and but then last year I, I kind of struggled there. Um, but it's just a fun track. I have fun with it. I like it. Um, it's pretty technical, and it's just fun. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's like a sandy groove. It's fun. Okay, I like that answer. Why are you number twenty? Um, I kind of did some research, <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot of fast guys that had it. Um, uh, Chris Carr, of course he had it. Um, then uh, a few others, you know, like Matt Weedman. And I was just like, man, you know, that number seems pretty good. I like that. Um, 20 sounds good to me and you know, I'm 20 years old now, so this could be my year. Might as well be. Um, what's your funniest flat track memory? Funniest flat track memory. Wow. Um, I don't. I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I don't know. So I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't point out a. I couldn't point out a certain moment. So I stumped Captain Chaos. Yep, you stumped me. All right, good. Um, <laughs> what's your uh, favorite place to eat when you're out there on the road? B Dubs. Really? Four Wild Wings. Yep. Okay. Love it. If you find, if you want to see me after a race, go to the local B-dubs. You'll be signing autographs there? Me and the squad will be there for sure. <laughs> Dude, you crack me up. Maybe you should <laughs> up for a sponsorship, you know, the orange and black. And you I've really thought about there. it. Yeah. Yep. They, they need to get involved in the flat track. We're on NBCSN. Why not? I spent so much money there. They needed to do something. At least give me, like, discounts or something. Gift cards, I mean, yeah, anything. I'd, I'd be stoked with anything. Yeah, right on. Free wings, you know, or you know, who knows? You're not old enough to drink yet, so you know. No, we have, we have to so, have something. You know, you free know. wings, get free appetizer. You know, the soft pretzel is always a good way to go. Attraction I don't know, man. That's just some something about there. You know, I I love that place. 
it's it's one of those things that you know we that's where that's the meetup spot after the races with me and my me and my buds from the track. So, <laughs> so so how come I never get invited? Are you trying to tell me something? You know, you're always too cool, Mister Hollywood over there. You always leave early and don't have to load your own truck up and all this. So, hey, we're, I got we're always there, nitty gritty the time. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I don't have the job that Scotty does. He has the hard job, actually. So we're we're just the entertainers to have fun. He's the one putting in the man hours. I'm just the one to talk about all the fun you guys are having. That's all my job is. You know, some way, some race weekends are fun. Some of them, some of them can get you down. <laughs> Absolutely, Jared. I appreciate the time. Thanks for stopping by. Do you want to say thanks to anybody before we let you go? Um. You know, thanks to uh, you know everyone that's been in my corner since the beginning of this. Really, um, thanks to you for having me on. Uh, wish you the best with the show. Everything you know, Harley Davidson, Vance and Hines, um, Arai Helms, TCX boots, Stance socks, um, just everyone, Spectre Oils, um, everyone for being behind me. You know, my squad for always helping out, and uh, you know, we'll see you all in Atlanta. That's Jared Vandekoy, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't catch him at the racetrack, you can catch him at B-Dubs. If you don't get a Buffalo Wild Wing sponsorship after this, (laughs) I'm going to be severely... I might go there tonight now that I'm thinking about it. I'm serious. I appreciate Jared taking the time, and I'm sure that podium finish isn't too far away. Looks like I have a couple days off. I don't know what I'm going to be doing with myself, but I'll try to figure it out. I'll talk to you guys next week.